Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us today, sponsored by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf Online at sunburymotors.com. And great to be joined by another one that's among the absolute best in the business, and that's uh, Kenny Albert. Kenny, great to have you with us. Hope you're enjoying your summer. Thanks for having me, Steve. I do have to start with with Vince Scully. Um, I, I said earlier, I said, I feel like he gave all of us the blueprint as to how to do certain things in this job. Now, you grew up around it because your father is in the same category. Your thoughts on uh, Vince Scully's life and career? Well, I think similar to you and, and so many of the listeners, uh, never turned down the opportunity to listen or watch uh, one of his broadcasts. He, he was like a poet. Um, I tweeted earlier, uh, it was a perfect game whenever Vince Scully stepped into a broadcast booth. Um, best ever, uh, certainly in the sport of baseball. Um, heard so many stories about him uh, while I was growing up, and then having the opportunity to be around him a little bit when I started working baseball games back in the late 90s. Um, did not know him at all. Um, had one conversation with him, which I'll get to in a moment, uh, which was so memorable. But I worked uh, several years with Jeff Torborg in the late 90s on Fox uh, Cable baseball games on Thursdays and Saturdays, and Jeff had played for the Dodgers uh, for nearly a decade back in the 60s and early 70s, and he was behind the plate when Sandy Koufax pitched the perfect game in 1965, and that's one of the Vince Scully moments that people uh, you know, refer to all the time. Uh, how perfect it was uh, during that ninth inning at Dodger Stadium. So I would hear so many stories from Jeff Torborg about Vince Scully and their days together. And whenever we had a Dodgers game, Jeff would always go over and spend time. But uh, I didn't know him at all, and I felt like I was intruding if, if I went over to sit down and join in the conversation. Yeah. So I would uh, stay over at my table. Uh, the only conversation I really ever had with him uh, was in 2016, which was his last year. And I was out there to work a Dodgers game. And on a Friday night, uh, I inquired with, with a couple of the people that worked with, with Vince Scully in his booth um, if it would be possible to take a picture, just to have as a memory. And I, I had heard that people were doing this all year long, um, opposing broadcasters, players, even managers and coaches. They would go up to the press box and have the chance to take a, a photo with Vin. And they told me, uh, sure, come by tomorrow. He'll be there to do radio because I was working the, the TV broadcast. And if you come at 10.50, he'll have five minutes for you. And they would slot it out. Uh, five or six people every game prior to the game uh, would have a five-minute time slot. So uh, I went in there, and they did not let us uh, take photos on the cell phone. They wanted it to be perfect. So they actually had a photographer with a real camera who took the picture uh, of, of you and Vin, and he would send it to you on a file uh, later on. So it was a professional photo, and then there was, there was an opportunity just to chat for, for two minutes or so, and I'm sure he was asked so many of the same questions that year about 
his favorite games and memories and Jackie Robinson, etc. I, I came from a totally different angle, and you'll appreciate this, Steve. I had seen an interview that Vin had done with Bob Miller, the great longtime Los Angeles Kings broadcaster, and they talked a little bit about hockey. And Vin was a childhood fan of the, of the New York Rangers, the team that I work for. And during this interview with Bob Miller, he reminisced about going to games back in his high school days. So when I was in the booth, right after we took the photo, I said, I just have one question for you. I do the radio for the New York Rangers. I heard your interview with Bob Miller. Um, what do you remember about those days? And without missing a beat, and this was 70-plus years later, after Vin Scully was in high school uh, attending Rangers games, he said to me, and I'm not going to even try to imitate his voice because I wouldn't do it any justice, but in, in that magical tone, he told me that he used his high school ID to get into MSG, and then he started rattling off names of Davy Kerr and Brian Hextall and Lester Patrick <laughs> and some of the other Rangers from the late 30s and early 40s who he watched play. And there's no way he anticipated this question. He probably hasn't, hadn't thought about these names for 70 years. And they came you know, back in his memory like it was yesterday. So, um, again, I was probably the only one to ever ask him that question, but he gave me the perfect answer. You know, it's interesting because uh, it was announced today that Eli Gold, who does Alabama football, is going to have to miss at least the first month. And I've known Eli for a long time. Eli grew up in New York, and he would get into the garden, the old garden, then the new one, you know, the newer one, and he'd sit in the last row because he was a huge Rangers fan. It's a lot of things. And he's the Alabama play-by-play guy. Right. So he was a huge Rangers guy, too. No, it's great. It's great to hear some of the old stories. And and you referenced my father earlier. He was an intern for the Brooklyn Dodgers before they moved to Los Angeles. Really? In the in the mid 1950s, he was 14 or 15 years old. And among his duties, um, most of the games were played in the afternoon back then. So he would listen to Vin Scully when the team was on the road, and he would update a manual scoreboard that was facing out onto the street at Ebbets Field. So as an intern, he updated the scoreboard during the day. He also would, would bring tickets when they played several games a year in Jersey City. He would have to bring the tickets over on the subway, and the team would give him a ride back on the bus. And he's told me on several occasions he would sit right in front of Jackie Robinson, and they had a number of discussions. He was like 15 years old at the time. But the, the Vin Scully story that, that he always tells, he would start – during his uh, days as an intern, he would have access to the press box at Ebbets Field. So he would bring his tape recorder. He had this you know, big reel-to-reel tape recorder back in the mid-50s, and he would bring it to Dodgers home games, and he would bring along one of his brothers or friends to do color, and they would sit in an empty booth right next to the Dodgers broadcast booth. And it turned out they were so enthusiastic and I guess somewhat loud doing the game into the tape recorder <laughs> that, that Vince Scully asked them to move down a couple of booths because the audio was bleeding into his broadcast. <laughs> but that's a true story that I've heard uh, for about the last you know 50 years uh, about his days as a Dodger intern sitting in the booth next to Vince Scully practicing into a recorder. Uh, Kenny, NBC did a great job with hockey for years. So let's not, uh, for the audience out there, this is not a comparison, but TNT got into the uh, hockey business this year. Uh, Kenny, 
year one's in the books. How does everybody feel about how it went from the Turner point of view? Everybody feels great, and I totally agree with you, and I'm biased because I work there, but NBC did an unbelievable job uh, for 15 years, uh, A-plus as far as the presentation of the games. Uh, you know, Doc Emmerich, Eddie Olchek, Pierre Maguire, Brian Boucher, so many others, top-notch broadcasters. And NBC introduced the between-the-glass position, which has probably led to 30 or 40 jobs around the NHL. That never existed before. And to me, one of the biggest aspects, Steve, NBC was the first network in the United States to put every playoff game on television. Yes. Prior to that, um, every game wasn't on nationally. So uh, that was a that was a, a major leap uh, during the NBC years. Um, but Turner, um, and I'm so fortunate to be a part of it. Um, I feel like you know we've taken the baton from NBC and hope to raise everything even higher. Um, it was a great first year. Enjoyed working with Eddie Olchek and Keith Jones and many of the others who joined us as well. Wayne Gretzky did a game with us up in Hamilton, Ontario. Darren Pang was with us during the playoffs uh, for some of the games. But, um, you know, I love what they did with the pregame show, uh, bringing them out on the road during the conference final. That was a lot of fun being around those guys. Um, and I sense the players really enjoyed doing the pregame interviews with the studio gang, with Wayne Gretzky and Paul Bissonette and Anson Carter and Rick Tockett, Liam McHugh, you know, it brought out the personalities of some of the players. Uh, we did three outdoor games. This year we'll have the Stanley Cup Finals. So uh, totally agree with you. NBC did an unbelievable job, and uh, hopefully uh, we can raise the bar even higher uh, this past year and, and for the next six years moving forward. Before I get to the winner, what should it tell us in this era with free agency, expansion drafts, that the Tampa Bay Lightning won 11 consecutive series. And Pat Maroon won, what, 14 straight, 15 yeah, straight? 14. 15, as an individual. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, they're a great franchise. You know, I remember growing up on Long Island when the Islanders were winning 19 in a row, which might right. never be matched ever again, uh, when they won the Cups in 83-83 and then went deep into the Stanley Cup Final in 84. Um no, what Tampa Bay has done is remarkable. Um, you know, not only winning the Cup two straight years, getting to the final this year, but also got to the final in 2015 with, with a number of the same players who, who are still around. So that's four finals in eight years, which is hard to do. Like you said, in the salary cap era, you have 32 teams. Um, you know, they battled back, down 2 nothing to the Rangers, down 2 nothing in Game 3. Uh, we're able to win that series, and then... You know, there's certainly uh, no shame in losing to the Colorado Avalanche in the Stanley Cup Final. Now, moving forward, uh, they've lost a couple of key players. They couldn't keep everybody due to the cap restrictions. So, Ryan McDonough is in Nashville. Andre Palat is in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they'll still be a very formidable team, you know, especially with Andre Vasilevsky in goal and Victor Hedman and Kucherov and Stamkos and Braden Point right on down the line. Uh, but it's not going to be easy. You know, we see the improvements the Florida Panthers made uh, during the offseason and, and so many of the other teams, but definitely a, a tip of the cap to the Tampa Bay Lightning for what they've been able to accomplish. What do you think it meant for the league in general that the Rangers were there, that, the, that Connor McDavid won, was, you know, won rounds, Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, 
you know, the star power advanced and was a big part of what was going on. What do you think that meant for the league? Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't think the league roots for any teams to, to win or lose, yeah. but we actually, that's a great point, Steve. We were talking about that during the conference final. The fact that you had in the East, Tampa Bay, the two-time defending champions, um, the New York Rangers in, in the number one market, um, and then in the West, the series that I work on the TV side, Colorado, uh, a great team that had not been able to get out of the second round for four straight years, but with some superstar players led by Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr. And then Edmonton, um, even though they're, they're you know, a Canadian team and it might affect the TV ratings, um, but to get to watch Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, I sensed that the hockey fans around the country, not only in those four markets, you know, around North America, we're, we're just so into it. Um, you know, in New York, when the Rangers advanced that far, uh, they might not be on the back page of the newspaper more than once or twice during the regular season. Yeah. Uh, that's just the nature of, of sports in New York now. You know, baseball and football have become year-round sports. Basketball is huge um, with, 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 you know, the Knicks improving last year, making the playoffs two years ago, and the whole net situation with Durant and Kyrie Irving. You know, that news cycle never seems to end. So it's tough for hockey to break onto the back page of the Post or the Daily News during the regular season. But in the playoffs, it, was, it seemed like every other day, which was great. You know, people who aren't even uh, rabbit hockey fans were paying attention, and, and you could feel the buzz in the city. Um, I was up in Edmonton. It was just such a tremendous atmosphere, Colorado as well. So I'm not sure you could have had four more, you know, a perfect the combination of four teams in the conference final, you know, at this time for the NHL. Uh, than they had last year. Um, you know, there have been years in the past that there was a, there was a uh, you know, a Carolina-Edmonton final, a, a Tampa Bay-Calgary final back in the early 2000s. So that might not have, uh, you know, brought out the, the, the highest numbers in the television ratings. But, um, you know, then we started to see, you know, Pittsburgh and Detroit two straight years, Chicago, L.A. and New York, a lot of the big markets in the Stanley Cup final, which can only uh, help promote the sport and, and the ratings were great this year on both TNT and ESPN, and uh, hopefully that continues moving forward. How excited are you to get the NFL rolling again? It's time. We, we just uh, we had our Fox seminar out in L.A. over the last couple of days. Just got back yesterday, so it was great to see everybody. Aside from our own crew, you don't see the others uh, at all during the course of the year. So to be able to spend some time with, with Terry Bradshaw and Howie Long and uh, Jimmy Johnson and Sean Payton, you know, all the guys from the pregame shows, and um, not only to be with my partner, Jonathan Vilma, but to see so many of the other great broadcasters, the play-by-play, the analysts, the color commentators, the sideline reporters, and some of the other crews. So uh, that got the blood flowing a little bit. So it's just around the corner, and can't wait to get started. Kenny, thanks so much for your time. You know how much I appreciate uh, the time and you very much. Thanks, Steve. Really appreciate it. Uh, hope to chat frequently throughout the year. And uh, I know Penn State football is just around the corner, so have a great season. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks, Steve. Anytime. Kenny Albert.